Okay, so we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. I'm TJC. Yes, we have the Joe Cherry back with us again. And today we're going to talk about video games. Video games. So, yeah. So we're, we're going right into Adam's wheelhouse here. I'm excited. So our perspectives, let's get started oh, early man. here. Let's get that right out of the way. He's. Are going to be from the baby boomer. So I do actually remember Pong and the Gen Xer. That's right. Golden age of video games. Back when Atari was there, I believe. Hell yeah, everything. The the from almost the birth. I think Gen X was the birth of video games, technically. If you if you lined up the actual dates, it's gotta be right when there. When they somewhere. started just blowing up and everybody yeah, had a console and like I don't know, when was Pong? I guess I should have had that ready to rock. Yeah. Well, the Pong was in the 60s. Was it? You know, but it was an expensive game. So and that was the first, technically, it was technically right? the first, I believe, video game. Yeah. Video game system for a television. Okay. So that you could buy and have at your house and exactly. Could play. So you could, yeah, you could play video ping pong for the most part. Now, were there at that before that? Were there any kind of places like arcades you could go and play anywhere else? Or was that just the first? No. What do you know about arcades? What do you mean? I used to, <laughs> I, I grew up going to arcades. That's my, okay. know, my love. Right. And and your vision of what an arcade is, is not what arcades were. Arcades were what video games were when I grew up. There was There were home consoles. And if you had one, congratulations. But video games were played in arcades. Right. But the arcades that of my youth weren't electronic. Really? Oh, yeah. you're talking about like, yeah, <laughs> you're talking about like shoot the water gun at the clown's mouth and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so like back back when water you know was first invented, <laughs> like if you go to the fair, like all the fair games that exactly. Are out there, that's basically what it was. That's right. funny. Arcade. That's right. Yeah, I don't. You're right. That is what an arcade is or was. But yeah, I'm talking about video arcades. Yeah, totally right. So the freestanding, right? You're right, Joe. So there was the freestanding games. Yeah. So that you know, you walked up and you you know you. Put in a quarter and I played on the nickel ones. That's when I grew up. Well, okay, Wonderland, right? And the nickel ones were the ones that were brand new when Joe was young. Yeah, that cost a quarter. Okay, but you couldn't get somebody to put a quarter in one of those when right by the time you were playing it. Exactly. You know, so you miss Pac-Man before its resurgence here. What ten years ago? Oh yeah, the retro. You got to love the retro stuff. You know, know, no matter what has been done it well, falls now, out of favor and it's boring and it's horrible until it's retro then it's cool again until yep, nobody cares about it and then somebody goes hey nobody's paying attention to this thing this is my thing right i into it going and, and buying these freestanding games you know you couldn't really afford doing it but if you could you know you've got them in your game room and it's awesome yeah so then the consoles came out and the games were cartridges that you put in and so, wow, I, I can play all of these video games from the arcade at my house, and I don't have to have these great big gigantic things sitting, taking up a room. And then spending a lot of money there, obviously. Well, exactly, well. Even, if, even if you had the money. Right. Know, now, all of a sudden, no, it's just a little console. Buy it in Until years. 20 years later or 30 years later, whatever it was, then it was way cool to have those games again, the big freestanding games. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never seen one at a house before, but I've always wanted one. That's for sure. Yeah, my brother had uh, 1942, which was a great stand-up arcade game from the 80s, and Galaga, which is, you know, those are both all-time classics. Oh, yeah. So Atari uh, came out with Pong in 1972. Yep, so you were right, 70s. Oh, he said 60s. I think 60s, but I thought it was in the 60s. Well, there's, a, there's one video here that's uh, titled, I just saw it, First documented video ping pong game, 1969. So somebody's got your back. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. Even if it wasn't in for real. Thanks for doing that, Joe. It, it, was, it wasn't Wikipedia now. So thanks for being there for me. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I remember. It. I remember right right at the end of, of being in high school. Yeah. That, that somebody somebody had it and I saw it. You know, I, I thought it was boring then. <laughs> yeah, Pong's pretty boring. I actually knew a guy that, you know, well into the, even the early nineties, I think this was, I was in, I was in high school and he had a, a Pong game, standalone game that was a table. Right. Know, yeah. A, tabletop. Yeah. It was a tabletop game and you stood on either side. It was cool to have. It was, 
I mean, it was a really cool piece for his like upstairs den or whatever, and it worked, and we played it. But yeah, it was pretty boring. I've actually played pong, and as hard as it is to believe, I'm I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> I don't yeah. think anybody's that good at it. No, <laughs> it's pretty slow. Yeah. You well, can, it, it is, and of course, it keeps going. It, it progressively gets faster, gets faster and, and faster. Eventually, and faster. you just lose because. Well, and that was the whole thing about the games, because I did have an Atari 64. No. No, 28. Oh, man. Atari did come out with a like the second-gen Atari. Was. Right. This one, this one was maybe about 10 or 12 inches by 6 or 8 inches, and it had the cassettes that you put right. on the top, right? Right, and the controllers were just the joystick. Right. With the red button? With the red button. Yeah. Yeah, 2600. 2600. Yeah. Okay. So that's the last one I owned. Wow. That's yeah. the last video game console you owned. Right. And that's, we had to be talking early 80s. Yeah. Did you play it a lot? Oh, yeah. And I had, I had Missile Command. Okay. Combat. Did you have combat with the tanks that drove yeah. around? Everyone I, had that. Centipede? Um, I, I, I may have had Centipede. I never liked Centipede. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Centipede. All right, either. so let me just rock this real quick. Galaga was always my favorite. Atari 2600. This is, again, from Wikipedia. 1977, and the best seven, uh, best seven, best-selling game was Pac-Man, according to this. The introductory price in the U.S. was $200, equivalent to $786,2016. Wow, right. $700 So in 1977, it was... No, the, that was the price of the... The, oh, the system? The system. The system. Oh, okay. It was one ninety nine for the system in 1977, which is the equivalent of today, almost $800. Right. Wow. See, I, I bought mine uh, in the 80s. 128 bytes of RAM. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is just silliness. But I remember having it. My, my fondest memory of this is, you know, I had these different games, and I decided that I was going to sell it. We were having a garage sale. We're living on Lansing. Okay. And in Salem. And we had a garage sale. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to sell this thing. I'm going to get it out there. This thing's been out for a while. So I'm kind of tired of playing it. So I put it out. And I had like four or five games. And I think the games at that time were like $30 mm. to buy them new. And I had some of the, you know, the newer newer games. So I put it out. And I think I put it out for 150 bucks, Or maybe it was 100 But, it, you know, it was a reasonable amount of money. Okay. Yeah. And I remember a guy came by and he was all excited and he bought it. And it was the next week, I believe, that the new system came out, whatever it was called. For a hundred bucks. Well, no, it was, it was two, it was $200, <laughs> oh, okay. you know, but it, you know, it was like $50 less than what he paid me yeah. for this old system that, as you guys know, as soon as the new system comes out, the old system is worthless. Right. They stopped making things for it. So exactly. It so I'm guessing you're anything. referring to the Atari 5200 twice exactly. as good as the Exactly. So the 5200 came out. <laughs> 1982, it says. Okay. So 82. So, yeah, but it was so literally a week or two before this thing was announced. Did you say 81 when you started the story or something like that? Yeah, 80? 80. Yeah, yeah. Something so like that. You're right there. I was right at the end <laughs> of, of the usefulness of this thing. But getting your money out of a system when a, when the new one comes out. Oh. Yeah. See, I just I, I felt really well good about in the that trash. One. There's been so many times me and my good friend Aaron uh, would go and try to trade in our systems, whether it was for a new system that had a game on a different console that we wanted to play or you know, the new system came out and we wanted that. So we would trade in our PS2 for our PS3, try to get it, but you don't get anything. No, they give you $20 oh, yeah. for this thing that, you know, you spent $500 for. Exactly. They're just going to go recycle it. But that's themselves. my, that's my, that's my video game story right that's there. your experience. Wow. And I never, I never bought another one until you kids were older. So. Right. Well, we uh, we played the Atari 20. No, I bet it was the 5200 when I was uh, probably uh, 10 or 11. Like that was sort of the game that I played the most because a friend of mine had it. I never had jack shit. I actually, it's not true. I had a I had a Commodore 64, which was a Commodore 64, which was a PC. Okay, right, it's one of the first ones. One of the very first ones, and. It had games, and it was more like what you were talking about earlier with the loading 17 discs in order to get, you know, through, oh, yeah. through whatever. And it had, it was so crazy, this Commodore 64, it had tapes, cassette tapes that somehow, 
there was a drive that read cassette tapes. Yeah. I never actually used it, so I don't know what the hell it was for, but it was there. But I just used floppy disks. Right. That was, and that's back in the floppy disk. When they were floppy. Right. So, they had, yeah, the six inch or whatever they were. Yeah, the, exactly. Something like that. We were still using that when I was in elementary school. Yeah. We were using those to load, like, the Oregon Trail and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I remember that game. You know, the computer. But that's a whole thing. And I don't know if you want to spin off onto that or if we probably don't have time, but the PC world well, of yeah. gaming. Yeah. I mean, there's completely different, you know, PC to, to console gaming. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of, honestly, there's a lot of people that do either just one or the other. They don't like, you know. So what exactly would be the difference? Now, I, I know back in the days that we're talking about with the Ataris and the capacity of those things was virtually non-existent. There was, there was just one screen. There was no depth to it. You weren't going anywhere. It was just playing something that, again, accelerated to the point until you couldn't play it anymore. Right. You know, missile command. You could you could stop all the missiles coming in, and and you could do this. And you everybody had their little flare thing that they did, and you push the button and all that. But eventually, <laughs> it just got started. They started coming so fast that it, it just blew you up. You right. A very vivid memory of missile command. That's pretty oh, yeah. good. And there's five levels to the game. And it doesn't really. It, I think there was infinite levels, right? Well, well yeah, that's exactly. What that's what he's saying. saying yeah. If yeah. you could, but it's the same concept. Right. Just same thing over and over. It, it was all about a score. Right. Okay. So. Right. So you you know you got points for doing different things, and I, I never worried about that. It was just staying alive as long as you could. Right. That's right. Games didn't have ends. No. It was all about the score. Right. Yeah. It was all about the score, yeah. but it, it they all accelerated to the point that the, the game needs to be over because they need more money. Well, it was all a yes, but it was all about how they could develop the games too. You know, I think that's right that they had to end the game. So it was like, all right, you finished that game. Let's move on to the next one instead of just waiting for someone to get tired of it. Um, exactly. But I mean, to answer, you know, uh, the question I think you asked, you know, I mean, what what is it, you know, the bigger difference between console and and computer gaming or PC gaming? You know, a lot of it is the detail that you can go into on PC gaming and the the capabilities of the computers. And, you know, and now, now the consoles are computers. Right. But, I mean, for example, I've played the same game on two different cons or on console and on PC Diablo three. Imagine the lines are blurring these days. Yeah, I mean, they're very similar. Obviously, it's the same game. But, you know, the little things like how you're able to access your inventory in it is way... It, it, it is simple in, in the PC, you know, where in it's it takes a lot longer. There's only so much you can do with the controller as opposed to a keyboard and things you're able to input and make it easier is to Is that play. the main difference is the keyboard's component to all these games basically because you could have a, obviously a lot more control with a keyboard i would think these days yes you know it was different i think you know back in the day well, because the computers were so much more powerful than than the consoles for so long right but nowadays it's, it's very similar where your your console and it's a computer itself it, it can correct like we said before it can create a a whole reality it can play create a whole world instead of just being in the confines of just you have to follow this path and well and right to the because end. Uh, we're talking about computer computing power through all of this right it's advancement of technology throughout. exactly so the power you know again going back to the 2600 there was virtually no computing power in that in the 80s right I mean, it was it was just simply it was it was fantastic that you could do what you could do but as I said, it was a single screen and it was just simply an acceleration game until you couldn't keep up with it anymore. Right. But as the computing power got, got more, you know, obviously PCs were more powerful. So the gaming on PCs could go further. But then you're looking at, at how do they generate enough money? There has to be enough computers out there, enough gamers out there to justify the incredible amount of programming that it takes. The hours to develop some of these games, and like you're talking about, an entire world where you're walking and you can turn in any direction and you can climb stairs, you can go down, you can go anywhere, virtually unlimited. Right. I mean, the, you, you fire floor. a bullet and you're able to see the gun go through a wall and the, it's there. I mean, it's a total virtual reality. Exactly. You know, so the programming power that it takes for that and the amount of code that has to be written because it's every single conceivable in theory right uh possibility of what you're going and doing well i'm sure that as technology has increased on 
you know, the games themselves and the, and the equipment and what you play the games. Um, but it's, I'm sure it's increased in how you create the games as well and, you know, made it easier for the developers to do such. But I'm sure it is still a lot of work. And I know that recently there's been a, um, a trend of games and I'm, you know, honestly probably has been going on for a while, definitely on phone app games. But now I'm seeing on PlayStation 4, there's free games out there. And it's all about on in, uh, in-game purchases. And being able to buy coins or buy money or buy, you know, virtual exactly. things like that so that they can start paying. And that that's honestly where I see the big money coming in. Oh, it is. It is. When it comes to video games. I mean, and it's it is based on the idea. And, and again, we can go back to the millennial concept of being impatient. Oh, yeah. I need it and I need to level up now. I need to get to the next level. Right. So, yes, I can I could play this game for the next eight hours if and I get there. Five bucks. Exactly. If I just pay a few dollars or 99 cents is the great one. Right. Because it's that amount of money that really doesn't matter to you. But if you take 99 cents from, you know, 100,000 people, mm-hmm. there's $100,000. They're playing on the idea of you're going to be impatient and you're not going to want to go through and do the work that it takes because they give you that path. Oh, totally. It's the game that Heather's playing right now. She puts in the hours. Yeah. And she has the, her little village it has, you know, I mean, an airport and it has a beauty salon and, and you start by growing corn right. <laughs> and wheat and you, you know, you get enough of that, then you move on to this and then it gives you this and this is how you get money and, and you put in the time and you can get there. Right. But most people pay the 99 cents. Yeah. These days it's all about instant satisfaction. Yeah. Now back in the day, Joe, you, I'm sure you remember the video game, but then the cheats. Oh the cheats i remember yeah buying so, cheat code books buy. exactly oh or soccer right right <laughs> i've done but, that yeah but again it's it's similar to now it's accepted and it's built into the game where because that's what you're doing with your 99 cents now is you're buying cheats you're you're it's allowing you to get from here to there without actually playing the game and going all the way through it but i remember uh you know, not from my personal recollection of, of doing it, but I remember Zach and you, Adam, and I'm and I'm sure Joe. The, Absolutely, the, the whole idea of cheats, the Game Shark, man. Oh man, dude. Okay, so I'm gonna look. Game it up Shark here. for the Nintendo 64. That thing, you would plug it. So you would put it into the bay, and then you would put the cartridge into it. Wait, what? Yeah, I never heard of that. I played Nintendo 64 like crazy. Yeah. Game Shark? Game Shark. So it, it basically had its own built-in for certain games. It had certain rules and things that it could overlook and change. And it was really cool. It was like the first cheating or, you know, kind of modification to a game I had. So cheats used to be sort of a different thing. You'd have to, it used to be that you'd have to find within the game the cheat. And it was funny because before the internet which is, you know, at least half of video games existence at this point, right? So there was right. this whole previous generation of video gamers that didn't have the internet. Well, you had to learn about these in other ways. And it seems to me like, so here's the perfect example, is Super Mario Brothers. Is an, is Nintendo's absolute flagship, of course. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody knows that. It's their biggest brand. It's probably the biggest brand in video game history. So... Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo, the NES, the original NES, which was the first real groundbreaking, you know, console at home. It was what took Atari and all that to the next level. I mean, the real next level. Anyway, so the cheat on that, and I think I could remember it, it's World 3-2, I think, on Super Mario Brothers. It's Turtle Tap. Anybody who's older than about 35 will know exactly what Turtle Tap is. And it was this cheat that was discovered. And that information was disseminated across the world in 1988 without the internet. Or at least, you know, maybe Al Gore had it on the internet or whatever. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was word of mouth. It was total word of mouth. And I learned it from Lonnie, who learned it from his cousins, who learned it from God knows who. I mean, there was no, nobody went on anywhere. Nobody went, it wasn't distributed massively anywhere. No, and, and not in a book, not in a magazine. No, and nothing. In, in the instructions in the game, there was no mention of these things. Of course not. They were written in by the programmers. Yes, 
and I don't know exactly what the concept was because those games, again, the games that I played just sped up to the point and until it blew you out. Right. Okay. But Super Mario Brothers and some of these others, you're you're going along and you you bump up against a certain level and you can't go any further. Right. You just do it over and over again and you keep falling at this one point. How do I jump to get from here to here? I remember watching Zach play it, you know, and, and you playing it and and even, you know, every other kid in the neighborhood because, you, you know, they're, they're playing and then all of a sudden somebody knows to go over and bump something or you jump up underneath this and when you jump up underneath this, it knocks this over here and now it gives you a platform to jump to and then you go further. Yeah. And right. Yeah. I know it's funny and I always wondered and I'm actually I'll look it up but I wondered was Turtle Tap designed in it had to be but it was such mm -hmm. an so anybody who doesn't know Turtle Tap is at the very end of this level and, and in Super Mario Brothers you had to climb up a set of stairs and jump off the top of the stairs onto the flag right okay that end you want to get to the top of the flag right, to get the most right points. to get the most points but it was like if you didn't whatever you're it's the end of the level you've, you've already six, completed you've it beat that level this is the last thing everybody that was any good could always jump you know to the top of the flag whatever but on this one as you got to this set of stairs that led to the end of the level there was a turtle which is a you know the most common Enemy. antagonist in super mario was these turtles they were the biggest you know the most common hurdle the basic and all anyway so it's coming down these stairs and you timed it on the, like the second or third from the bottom stair and you jumped on it and it would bounce off the back of the stair and you would land and you would just you would it would be a glitch i'm sure it had to be a glitch and you would just end up and it would all of a sudden you would just tap 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 and you get all these points because when you jump on a turtle you get points and it would just, it looped and you just let it go if you timed it right. And it would just start to add up extra lives and it would just add up extra lives. And you could just sit there forever if you wanted to. I, I think that the developers, I mean, that's total theory, but I possibly develop that for themselves. You know, something that they could, little loopholes in games that they know about that they're not going to put out to the public so that they can have fun with their game. Maybe so that they can kind of mess around with it and do their own thing and have the, you know, the cheat codes we talk about, you know, and I mean, these days there's, there are still things like that, but it is, it's all developed in there. And for a reason, I'm sure. I don't know what though. <laughs> anyway, that was, so I wonder if there's, you know, if that was one of the origins of the, of the, the hidden, you know, for whatever reason, the, uh, what do you call it when it's a, when you're, it's a hidden thing on a movie or something like that, like, Oh man, it's a. Um, You're gonna have to edit out this this part where we don't know, and we'll just no, go. it's okay. We don't know a lot of things. <laughs> we'll just and go the right into pineapple. The, <laughs> the people who are listening to this understand that we don't know a lot of it's, things, so it's okay. We it's can for go sure on. not the pineapple. Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay, so it's a hidden thing in a game. Yeah. Anyway, this has to be one of the very or a movie. You know, it's there's a term for it. I'm just blanking it out, but it has uh, yeah, to be one I, of the original that's okay. ones. I got. It, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a white well, rabbit or something like that. It's a it's a cookie. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or we can, we can move keep, on. We can keep throwing out words. We can... <laughs> okay, so... Baby's no, it's a snickerdoodle. <laughs> it's a snickerdoodle. Okay, that, I love those snickerdoodles in those yeah, movies. Right. Okay, so now we end up with, you know, you're looking at, are, you know, are they putting these things in? Are they accidents? Are they glitches? I just remember in the uh, early 70s, I went to school to learn how to program. Oh, that's right. So I actually programmed on an IBM 360, which was as big as the probably- The size of a car. No, it was like three refrigerators stacked in a line. And you you know, you know have punch cards. So you write a program to do anything, to add one plus one, and it takes like a stack of 50 cards. Because you have to tell the computer to every single thing, every single step. There has to be a flow chart. So if this happens, it has to go here, and then go there, and then go there. The idea of creating a game, to me back there, Back, at, back then at that time was just impossible. I, I can't imagine the time it would take, but you're starting from scratch. You're telling the computer to do everything. Right. Now, your comment about that it's easier now because there are some things in place. Now, that could, sure. could possibly sure be true. You have programs I, and stuff that makes it easier to, you know, instead of having to write the code to, to create a character, you could just click a button and it adds in a character. But somebody had to write that code right. to create the character. Right. And that's that's my question at this point is that, you know, we can we can assume that. Right. But if the characters are the same in this game as in this game. Yeah. Wouldn't you notice that as a gamer? 
Well, I mean, there's there's the the base code, you know, of of a character or something, you know, in a game, and then from there you're able to edit small things to change little features in that character. But the character, let's say, for example, in a, a game where you're driving, mm-hmm. is different than a single shooter game. Or, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, think there's more to it sure. than you just plug in. Uh, the character right. module. That was a very simplistic, you know, way of saying it, but I think it's just plugging like, in a, a, that module into it because you know, like we're talking about these games where you can go anywhere and you can just decide. I again, I don't play them, but I used to watch Zach, and there were the games that he would play, the you know, the single shooter games. Let's say, for example, and there were certain guns that he could have, and there were certain areas that he could go, but there were the limitations. Yeah. And then as they progressed, there were no limitations. He could, he could go anywhere. Yeah, it's called open world or something like that. Yeah, yeah. big. Because it used to be he, you would you would have up in the corner where the he could go, right? Where the world was. But now it seems to me that they can go anywhere. And the amount of code that that takes, yeah, holy insane. cow, that's yeah, mind blowing. Those, I mean, the I don't know where we are these days, but the, the latest thing I ever knew was the uh, Grand Theft Auto series. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's entire world. It's not limitless, but within the world they create, which is humongous, it's... Yeah, there's one recently that's been created called Skyrim or the Oblivion Elder Scrolls uh, series. Um, there's a couple of different ones, but those worlds are absolutely insane. And you can literally, you know, walk from one place to the other, but it would take you days to do it in real time. Right. So they actually have you know, and it's a system in place where you could say, all right, I want to travel there. And, you know, obviously it'll do it, but it'll pass through, you know, the few days in the game that it took you to travel to that spot. But I mean, that's how big it is. You know, you literally could walk for days and they get bigger. The worlds get bigger. Well, I guess only in scale, but you know, if you play things like aces combat, where now you're talking about the entire world, like it's not just a city or something, it's the whole world. But they've, I guess it's just a level of detail thing or something like that. But they, it's still, it gets crazy. And again, I'm talking about like four years ago was <laughs> my experience. Oh, it's it's amazing. I, I at one point I think John, um, I got a flight simulator for the computer. John Juby. Yeah, that was uh, shout out to John. Shout out, John. Yeah. Juby, yeah. If you're listening, what's up, John? Miss you, buddy. Yeah. So okay, so there's uh, the flight simulator. And it's, you know, it's on the computer and there, there's actually a thing that you plug in that's, that gives you the throttle and, you know, the, the joystick or the a wheel or whatever, it was. or whatever. So yeah. What are you talking? Eighties, late eighties? Oh no, no, no. This is God. When we were living on night lane. Oh, nineties, 2000, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Carry on. But you know, just that, you know, you could, you could fly anywhere and you could fly these missions. I'm like, this is incredibly boring. You know, I'm, I'm flying. It really is. Yeah, I'm flying. You know, I've just taken off from, you know, the the aircraft carrier, and I'm flying to Midway. You know, and I'm I'm looking for the Japanese characters, yeah, carriers, characters too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I'm, I'm, you know, and you're flying, and there's nothing. And okay, this is this is very historic. This actually happened. This is really cool. I'm on this heading, and I'm following these guys, and and you know, I, I'm. 10 minutes into this thing and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, okay. How do I fast forward to where I shoot something? Right. Yeah. It's those old flight simulators. I remember those. And I have reason I guessed eighties. Cause I remember starting to do that in the eighties on a computer. They started coming out with these, they're great flight simulators, you know, but that's what they are is they're simulators. They're not games. <laughs> well, exactly. But you could, but you could do that. You, you could dogfight. You could just all of a sudden, okay, right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. There's a plane. You're in a plane. I'm going and, after him. And the thing that, that he had is he had bought the, the plug-in that gave you all the controls. So you weren't using the keyboard. Yeah, you had a thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, I have a, the, whole, the whole cockpit and the whole thing that you get into. It's kind of like when we were coming back from oh, yeah. Oregon and we stopped and saw Pat. Saw Pat. Oh, man. That gaming chair. Does he have a chair? Oh, oh he's got was, a chair and the foot pedals. Foot pedals and the steering and wheel. The shifter and the steering wheel. And, I mean, you're in a car, yeah. basically. Yeah. That's awesome. And I've you're racing never, on this I've track. I've never experienced a chair. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. I mean, it, you know, you had speakers was, right up here in your head. And right. It, I mean, literally, you're getting in a car. But it's Pat. Of course, that's going to be. Right, exactly. Yeah. Shout out to Pat. 
Shout out to Pat. I miss hey, you, buddy. what's up, Pat? I know Pat. I met him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on, man? We go way back. But, okay, so. Yeah, you go way back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, you know, the, the, the video game. Yeah. You, you know, know the, so the experience goes from, you know, what apparatus do you have to go along with it? Or are you just playing it, you know, with the, the yeah. controller? Yes. That's all I ever had. You know, yeah. <laughs> one thing that I've noticed is it's, you know, as far as the, the popularity, and you talk about Flight Simulator and how boring that was. But at the time, how exciting were you to get into a, a plane and be able to fly that well, when like it first, you, said, you know, when it first came out? For 10 minutes, you were thrilled. Yeah. Then, oh, it was great <laughs> until I tried to land. <laughs> it was amazing. And then you just... realized you needed to go to school for that and you had no idea well, how to do it. Yeah, you just get up and let the plane crash, you know, because you're not actually in it anymore if you get yeah. up from the seat. <laughs> Go get a beer. Um, but but as, as you know, uh, the technology advances, we get new games, we get excited for the new, the different, something we haven't seen before, regardless of you know, maybe how boring it ends up being, but it's something new. And that's what is, um, I think, really drives the video game world, they need to have something new and um, technology really. But yeah, I think that... Uh, well, also, there's a lot of theme-based things. You yeah. know, right before the, the new Star Wars movie came out, they came out with the, the Star Wars video game. Right. You know, on the, the PS4. Well, those are now interchangeable. Video games and movies are... Yeah, every, yeah. right. You've got video... I mean, every movie has a video game just about. Any, any action-based action right. movie. And then... Many great video games get optioned into movies. Right. Right. The one that Zach was talking about the other night. Um, I can't recall. I've got it right here. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, Perfect. well, there's, I mean, the biggest one was, you know, the Laura Croft was. You know, oh, yeah. Tomb Raider. Yeah. And then, uh, that of was course, uh, what's the Mia Jovovich? Mila Jovovich. Uh, Resident uh, Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil. Was probably, that's probably the biggest one, I to think be honest. It is. And I think Doom like the rock coming. start in a doom yeah. movie or something mortal Kombat. Yeah. oh right mortal Kombat is mortal Kombat. obviously a great one um yeah i mean there's been yeah, tons that movie's coming out apparently yeah wasn't there one or no yeah there was a couple there was a couple of um mortal Kombat movies yeah. Mortal Kombat and mortal Kombat annihilation yeah um no but, right bad good oh no, i actually really enjoyed them oh. again you know watching them now if i watch that now i don't know if i would think it was a good <laughs> yeah. movie well that's but, you know that's the interesting thing about this and Go that, back and play that's any like, yeah, of those old exactly. games. Exactly. You know, it's exciting at first when it first comes out, Flight Simulator, but all these games afterwards. I've done that because I have nostalgia for, uh, in particular, Nintendo 64 games. Yeah. And, and I'll. You ever go back and try to play GoldenEye, though? It's just like, kind of hard. I have. And GoldenEye was unbelievable. It was by far, yeah. at the time it came out, the best first person shooter game by ever, ever far. created. Yeah. It was amazing. It's what set the table. It took Castle Wolfenstein and Doom to like the next level and then spawned, you know, everything that's occurred after that. But right. you're right. It's it's actually still pretty fun, but it is. <laughs> but it's not after you play, you know, Modern Warfare two. You're exactly. like, hold on, man! I just clipped that guy at 500 yards, and I didn't see his head explode. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's the blood? <laughs> and and Mortal Kombat, or not Mortal Kombat? Uh, Modern Warfare is not super bloody or gory. No, but not. but uh, anyway, yeah, that's well. And there's a whole conversation to be had at some point, and more on this later. Yeah. about what it's done to society. You know, when you right. grow up with, you know, the... The screen in your face. Yeah. Well, no, well, no not the, only that, but the... The, vi- the ultra-violence. The, yeah, the violence. Right, okay. You know, yeah. Grand Theft Auto, you know, running over people and yeah. hoes and... Oh, yeah, there's... You know, beating up this and doing that. I've never played that, but it's, I've, it's, I've heard things. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I actually, I loved, in fact, I bailed on video games, kind of. I had a GameCube or something like that, which was a failed attempt at anything. And I was like, whatever, I don't care. And then I played my friend's PS2 and Grand Theft Auto 3. And this is at BD's wedding, so I was 25 or something like that. And holy moly, my life was changed. I went and bought a PS2. I bought that game, and then it was back. I was back in. Video games were my thing again. And then I went through all of that, and by the time it got to San Andreas and a PS3, I kind of burned out on it. And, I, you know, now I'm 30, and I'm done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've spent a lot of time 
I'm playing video games. <laughs> so many different kinds of video games. Countless hours. I remember the longest time I ever spent playing one video game was 12 hours. I, I literally played from 6 p.m. till 6 a.m. Yeah, the all-nighter. The next, the next day, yeah. Well, I never went through that, and oh, the, the biggest started reason, coming up, and I realized the I biggest reason. And I was always horrible at video games. I just, I, and to this day, yeah. when Adam, when you were here, and you had your PS4, and I'm like, hey, I'll play this Star Wars. You know, this is great. You know, I can run around, and the movie hadn't even come out yet, right? And so, you know, we're just running around on, you know, trying to find stormtroopers and, and stuff, stuff like that. You know, and I can fly. Speeders. Yeah, I can fly a. X-Wing. An X-Wing or, or, you know, I can run around with blasters and shoot at people and I was just horrible. Yeah. I just, I couldn't hit anything. I, the controller, I mean, when they took away the joystick with the red button, yeah. it left me behind. <laughs> you know, at that point, I just, the, the new one, it's, I know it's only certain buttons that you use, but there's just too many buttons. Well, and hand-eye coordination. You do it. I've never had that. What's this two buttons and a pad? No, I'm out. Wait a minute. There's two joysticks on here. Which <laughs> yeah. one are you supposed to yeah. use? Yeah. And what's the thing down below here? Isn't that a trigger? No, you never use that. No, 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 no. Don't touch that button. And then there's, you know, A, B, C. Yeah. So I'm always hitting B when I should be hitting A, and it just doesn't work, and I give up. And Yeah, okay, well, you it. get used to it. There's a certain amount of dexterity involved. It's... All right, so I, I have a question. Okay. How, uh, what was the game that you guys spent the most amount of hours on? Oof, that's tough. You could probably answer that pretty easily. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, it's it's easy for me. That's would be Missile Command, and I could probably go for probably close to 20 minutes <laughs> before I got so frustrated that I, I said it's time to go outside and do something. Okay. All right, so I'll, I don't know. I would... It would be a tough one, but I'll say the top two, top three are Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on Nintendo 64. Oh, yes. Madden. If you count all the Maddens, then it's Madden. Yeah, <laughs> by far. <laughs> then, it's, then it's Madden by far. Uh, but Madden 2012, I spent a lot of time on, but that's probably not really in the running. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers, mostly Nintendo 64 stuff. I'll say 1080, which was a snowboarding game. Yep. Okay, that was a snowboarding game. It was a great one. Great. I love it. Best ever. Big fan of all of those. I would say the the game that I spent the most time on was the game that I spent 12 hours playing, but it was SOCOM 2 on PlayStation 2. And, I, you know, I've spent probably a month of my life playing that game. Oh, shoot. Mm. It might be Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> <laughs> Throw another one uh, in there. How much time have you spent playing well, video games? Because well, I'd, I'd, a lot. I spent a lot of time playing video games. I spent more hours playing video games than I did working in my first like two years in the locating industry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My yeah. other games go into like PC gaming. Diablo 2, StarCraft, Blizzard. And honestly, for you to say 24-7, all the hours add up to a month. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah? Yeah. It's so much more than like that. It's like seven and a half years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just for that game, you think? No, no, no. Just for gaming. gaming I thought you were talking yeah. about. No, for that game specific. I mean, it probably was more than a month, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I was trying I, not to be yeah. ridiculous with it, but. Yeah. Well, no, this is a Juby take. You know, this, is, this is all honesty here. <laughs> you know, we're, we're. No judgment, Adam. You no, none at all. Freaking loser. <laughs> um, well, yeah, now, yeah. now you have the situation where where you and aaron and zach have your link and tour now on oh, tours into on this yeah Good. So, so i mean i i have connected with my brother and my two best friends through video games now and yeah that's that's, that's so, great that's right. where so i'm now able to you hang can out with them you can actually connect online and talk to each other like you're sitting in the same room yeah you can play the same game it's what has enabled boys to not grow up because we can just keep playing video games with our friends, even when we move across the country. Well, one of the reasons that I know how much Adam is playing is when he has a day off and I call him at two o'clock in the afternoon and I wake him up. <laughs> yeah. I know he's been playing video games all night. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's a question I want for, and I want each of you to answer it. Honestly? Honestly. Okay. This is the Juby take. We're all about honesty here. Right, right, right. Forgot about that part. Jesus. Okay. And I know this is going to be difficult, but try to picture that one day where you started playing video games 
And then you looked up and looked at the clock. How much later was it than you actually thought? Did you think that you like you you think you've played for a couple hours and you look up and it's been nine hours? Do you have recollections of those? Well, I'll. I mean, I don't know if I can speak for Adam, but I bet I can when I say there's that's a, a lot more than just one day. That's a very common occurrence when you're into playing video games. Yeah, and but, especially if you're you know um, under the influence of oh yeah. different Forget products. About that, yeah. If you're high, then. I mean, it's like two days later and you're like, okay, I guess I better go to bed. Right. (laughs) No, but to answer your question specifically, it was the, the one that first caught me off guard because it's happened several times was probably Madden like 2002 or something like that. And I had played all night and I was like, all right, it's, I'm now into like one, two in the morning. I got to go to bed or I'm not going to be. And it's like, oh no, no, no. It's four 30. And the sun's going to come up in like an hour. Right. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, it's just that, you know, you're so into it and you think that you've played it for a few hours and you look up and like you say, the sun's coming up. Yeah. No, I, that was the one that my, one of my first all nighters was was that. And it was I literally thought it was like, OK, I know it's after midnight. I wasn't that oblivious, but I thought it was maybe one one thirty. I'm not sure I've ever done that on a, a, a game. I'm sure I have, but I can't recall when I've done it on a game where I was playing by myself. Um, just a first person or you know one player game. But when I'm playing with someone else, I definitely tend to have the time fly by and lose track of time. Yeah, what's going on? Well, I never had any friends, so well, it was always just by myself. You got us, Joe. I did that recently, actually. My buddy came in from out of town, and we went and hung out with Lonnie. And uh, at his house, and we we're just kind of shooting the breeze. And Lonnie's like, "Hey, I got Madden, you know, 2016 or whatever it was." I'm like, "Jesus, it's been forever." So we fired it up. We played for like three hours and what seemed like 27 minutes. It was great, actually. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's 12:30, and you know, butterflies calling me, of course. And I'm like, "Oh shit, what the What's... hell?" But that's a very common thing. That is like sort of the that is what happens when you play video games. It's one of the biggest time sucks. I think that's. Yeah, why some people play video games. Just get immersed into a world and we'll time. Well, it's an escape. Yeah, exactly. According to everybody, that's, you know, that's, it's the escape. And so you're, you're something else in a different world. They go into that in the Big Bang Theory all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's an interesting conversation that sort of uh, piggybacks on your societal, you know, questions where there's a psychological component, right? Like, okay, you play a lot of video games. What are you hiding from? You know what I mean? Or well, exactly. And, and, you know, okay. And if we want to get philosophical for a second here before we close this out. Oh, yes. The idea of you're escaping. Okay. So if you're young and your life isn't going right the way you want it to, or, or it would take work or, or focus, but the games give you an escape. So you can be whoever you want in these games and do whatever you want. And you can be a hero. It kind of reminds me of a person that we used to work with with his, you know, medieval reenactment. So here's a person that's kind of an average guy, but in this world he's a king. So it's an escape. Yeah. To be vehicle. what you to maybe to be what you would to, always want to be. Right. Yeah. To be more than more than what than you, you are. are. But if it's do you think that maybe the games distract us from dealing with our own lives? I absolutely think that. Because I know that you know, like movies, you know, movies are an escape. So right. you go for two hours and you go watch something and you don't think about what's going on in your life. But if it's, if video games are an escape, I think to, it's even more than movies because sure. you're, you're right. able I, that's to what I'm saying. Mean, like, look at, you know, Minecraft. There's the, you know, you create yeah, your you're own making, world. You're, you're making yeah, your world. You're not watching someone else's creation. You're building, you're it. living. It. Well, that's, yeah. that's what Heather's doing now with her, you know, with her village. Exactly. Well, yeah. Was, she's accomplishing all of these Skyrim, things. I talked earlier about Skyrim. Now, sure, there's missions and there's things you do, but it's a world you just live in. And, and to be able to go and, I mean, eventually with virtual reality, oh. you'll be start being in, able to have relationships. That is. I'm sure. With, now is, with, uh, with people in these games. Does any of this scare you guys? Oh, to death. I'm so petrified of technology. I swear to God, it's. It's been the most fun to experience as I've grown up and experienced the, you know, from no technology almost to where we are. Well, but it terrifies me. I will say this, that I'm glad that technology has brought us together today. <laughs> that is a good point. Well, and, and that's a very good point. Huh? Very good point. We're going to hug. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. The couch guys are hugging. 
the well, the interesting thing about this, uh, the whole concept of you know the technology that's brought us together talking about this, it's also really made me start thinking about a lot of these different issues because we kind of delve into them a little bit in different things. And there is such a different perspective. Damn it. Yeah. I'm out. Oh, no, I'm not. That we all have. And, you know, I go back to, you know, virtually no technology. You know, the start of television, like we've talked about when we, you know, did the podcast on, mm-hmm. on television. And, you know, no computers. The Industrial Revolution and whatnot. <laughs> In the Iron Age. <laughs> Um, but you know, just uh, all of those things that I've seen (laughs) and it fascinates me because I, I, I've had some really good conversations when my grandmother was alive and she lived to about a hundred Cool. and she was born in 18, like 1897. Great grandma Agnes. Great grandma Agnes, my father's mother. You met her. I did. And on her hundredth birthday, she spent different years. She had some good years and some bad years when it came to what she could remember. And uh, my cousin John and I went to Grant's Pass where she was living with my brother Mike. And this one particular weekend, she was incredibly lucid. The last time I had seen her, she didn't have any idea who I was. Well, this particular weekend, and this is back in 1996, because the Yankees were playing Atlanta in the World Series. She was a Braves fan. Of course, I'm a Yankees fan. So we sat there talking, and she could remember things that I don't ever remember her talking about. And talking about growing up in Idaho and seeing, you know, the, the local tribe of whatever Indian oh, tribe right. was there, like the riding, by, right. riding by on horseback from the log cabin that she was growing up in. And at she one point- Laura Ingalls. Well, yeah, exactly. But one of the funniest things of this whole weekend was we were sitting there talking and she said, yeah, I got, I got my license when I was 24. And John looked at her and said, well, why did you wait so long? You can get your license when you're 16. And she just looked at him, a smile on her face, and said, there were no cars. <laughs> that's awesome. That's and, the best answer ever. And, you know, I, I thought about at that time, and the reason I bring it up is all the things that she saw, you know, from the start of the automobile and everything that happened with that. And she went through, you know, the, the technologies. And it just kind of amazed me, all the things that she saw. Well, now that I'm kind of, you know, I'm not anywhere close to 100, but I'm in my mid-60s. And I start thinking about all the things that I've seen. And what was around. And it's amazing, you know, just the technology, the things that, that you see, the, the longer you live, the more things that, you know, are, are just kind of interesting and you remember back. Well, to go from Pong, essentially, to now what you alluded to earlier, which is virtual reality gaming. Right. And it's going to be nuts. Yeah. And it's scary. And, yeah. And I don't You know I what's even scarier <laughs> about that is there's, there's a, an anime called Sword Art Online where... You get uh, into this virtual reality video game and it creates uh, like, you know, an avatar for you in the game, but then you're trapped and you have to win the game to get out and get back in your body. What? And so, yeah, I mean, that's just. Well, to what I was just saying, it's an can epidemic you imagine, that goes around the world. I mean, you guys are kids. Can you imagine in 30 years? No. No. What's, well, what's going to be going on when you're sitting and talking with your kids? Yeah. No. I can't because I couldn't, I couldn't, I can remember, you know, the eighties and I couldn't have picked, you know, what was going to happen from then till now. And it was fanciful back then. It was flying cars and all that. And none yeah, of that, that has happened. But the Jetsons. This, yeah, yeah. All this other crazy crap has happened that I wouldn't have imagined in a million years that, I mean, computers, holy cow. Yeah. And just like you're talking about the virtual reality and, and the things that, that are just becoming commonplace now. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. Pretty scary. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to call this a podcast. I think, I think so. I think we touched on some things. Once again, we have another topic that can certainly be explored even deeper. Oh, yeah. But I want to thank Joe. Oh, always my pleasure. Thanks, guys. It's yeah. always great to have TJC with us. Always and Adam, a fan. Yeah. good well, job. Thanks for bringing the knowledge. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. It. Well, guys, more perspectives later. I want to be known as a good one. It's
shop for spreading love But on a wealth obsession Money can't help you see the light In the end you can't buy yourself a Porsche when you're dead Well mama said that I don't gotta be Part of the world to truly love Pray for a difficult life To live and rise above it This is the time I'm at So this be tasted So let's do everything we can Before I